Wow, thank you, David, and uh, all the uh, praise team. It's a real joy to be back with you today. And uh, it's a real thank you very much for the opportunity to be with you today. Uh, Pastor John is uh, in Romania and in Hungary. Of course, I, ever since I've known him, he's been hungry, but he's in, <laughs> in, a, in the country of Hungary today. But they uh, had the opportunity to be there with Steve and Shelley and some other pastors. Uh, doing a leadership conference this last week and preaching. I uh, had a couple saved earlier today in Romania, and they're headed to uh, Hungary now, and to be in some of the uh, churches and feeding centers there with Manna Worldwide. And uh, really, really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be back with you today. I appreciate uh, Pastor John for allowing me to come today and actually inviting me to preach. And uh, that's, that's really kind of fun, you know. Uh, I go out to uh, meetings with uh, Pastor John. I say, I, I'd like to introduce my pastor, Pastor John. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of, honestly, I'm enjoying that. And uh, I'm enjoying saying he's buying dinner today, too, because he's got the card, amen? <laughs> so, hey, it's, uh, it's the time of life, you know. I, I love, uh, honestly, I love the stage of life that we're in now, and uh, I was reminded that we're getting older, and uh, my wife's not able to be here today. Uh, Piper's sick today, had an ear infection. But uh, in just a few weeks, we'll celebrate 40 years, 48 years of marriage uh, since we said I do uh, on June the 6th, 69. But I, we were sitting, I talked to the other day, it reminded me of the story of this older couple. And uh, she was telling him, I said, oh, you remember when we were young, you we sat in the swing, the porch swing, and you held my hand, and then you began to nibble on my ear, and all of a sudden, he just jumped up and ran the house. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to go get my teeth. <laughs> and uh, as she was talking, one of my batteries and my hearing aid went out, and I said, just a second, got to go get a battery so I can, I can hear what you're saying. <laughs> anyway, I thought of that story. You know, it's part of getting older in life. Uh, we have a couple celebrating 25 years today. It's our missionary family, uh, Claudio and Teresa from Chile, and they're a national pastor. They're up here somewhere. Would you guys stand? Andrew even has them. Would you guys stand? Happy anniversary to you guys. How wonderful. It's been a real joy to partner with them. We're going to show a video of them in just a little bit. And Andrew will introduce them, but it's a real joy. Claudio was with us about five years ago, I think. And we've had a wonderful opportunity to partner with them. And I remember when Andrew went to the field to work with uh, that church, and he also stepped up to be the national pastor at that time. And uh, it's been a wonderful relationship. Many of our people have been there, helped uh, in the see the purchase of new land and building a new building. Chris has been there. Several of our folks have been there, helped uh, build buildings. For this church is a wonderful blessing. You know, I just want to say a word of thank you as you turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 1 today. But as you're turning there, I'd just like to say thank you. Uh, this last year, it's actually a year ago last Sunday that I surprised people uh, with uh, a letter of resignation and retiring from full-time pastoring. But you know, it's a wonderful step. It's a step of faith. It's been an amazing journey this last uh, year has. And I'm so thankful how the Lord, uh, uh, Lord has blessed Hallmark Baptist Church and uh, calling of Pastor John and Joy back here to Hallmark. I, it's nothing but a thrill and a joy in my life to know that you've done that. 
I love to come and hear Pastor John preach, honestly. I, I just really love to come. I, I know that he's put his heart and uh, soul in a message, and he's prayed over, and every Sunday there are a number of pastors that text each other. I, I'm included in the, the a joint text of pastors all across east, west, north, and south in America that are praying for each other, that God will bless them and bless their churches uh, during that day, and that God will bless and help them lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, you know, good churches help a pastor grow. I remember when I was started pastoring, I was 26 years of age, and uh, too young to be pastoring, but I knew how much I didn't know, and I knew how much I really needed help, and so I leaned on the church, I leaned on my men, and I can remember uh, that after pastoring 20 years, I came here. And, you know, I thought that was a pretty good line, but I really believe that. I told them in here, I said, you know, I'm only 46 years of age. I don't know a lot. I really need your help, and we're going to have to work together. And it's been a wonderful, a wonderful journey for those 22 years for us to work together, to grow together. And the investment that a church makes in the life of a pastor and in his family is so very important to pray for them and invest in them and in the staff and to encourage them and to love on them and not just be their biggest critic, but to be the biggest encourager to them. And you'll find that as, as I have watched in my own life, the spirit of growing and learning and doing better and trying to strive to do the very best that God wants us to do, that all comes when a church and a pastor work together. So I, I just to commend you as you have done that for us to continue doing that for your pastor and that to watch uh, their life grow and minister and the ability to minister to you. You know, love and prayers and words of encouragement. We have sensed this so much this last year. And we, I just want to say thank you for Diane and I and for our family, uh, for all of your support and your encouragement in the ministry. Your financial support has been such a blessing. You know, we set out on a new step of ministry of helps and encouragement for pastors and ministries. And we've been able to help several pastors, several missionaries over the course of the last months. We have presented the ministry in several fellowship meetings of pastors and several churches, and the response has been very encouraging to us. We have seen the Lord bring to us like-minded people that are going to partner with us. Even on the very day that I resigned, the Lord allowed a couple, David and Kathy Isbell. Would you guys raise your hand down there, David? He spoke for us last Wednesday night. They came and united with our church, not knowing I was resigning that day. He said the first time in all of his life he ever joined a church and the preacher quit, same day. <laughs> but we had been talking for several months. I knew that he had a like mind about this ministry and even dreamed of it, had a name of it called Shepherd's Watchman. Had been working on a 501c3 and were very close to being able to finish the... Uh, the paperwork for that uh, nonprofit uh, Shepherd's Watchman that'll have a wonderful ministry of counseling, helping pastors and missionaries and staff people. And so God has continued to bring like-minded people together to partner with us so that we can be not only a place of healing and helps, but also a resource center that we can point people uh, from the East Coast, the West Coast, from the North and to the South and from all over the world to be able to have a ministry of helps for God's children who are working full-time in the ministry. And so we did, I, I'm just, honestly, I'm blown away. We had another amazing visitor this last week, an interview with a partner that we just 
David and I sat and listened to him and the like mind that he had with us, and I'm just thinking, oh my, isn't this amazing what God is doing? But you know, I just, I, I through the years, uh, I've always believed that the step of faith that we take, no matter what stage of life we're in, whether we're a teenager, so many of you are going to take some very important steps in gradu- uh, being graduating from high school, some from college, some of you going off to distant places to go to college. But it's a wonderful step of faith that we take in our life. And every step that we take, no matter what age we are, the step of faith is always honored by the Lord. God is always wanting to move us along. He's always wanting to move us forward. And, you know, the book is that, that which we stay with. We, you know, long before I ever became a pastor, I was a follower of Jesus Christ. Long before I ever went to Bible college, I was a student of the Word of God. Long before I ever began to pastor Hallmark Baptist Church, I loved the Word of God, and I loved Jesus, and Jesus loved me. And, you know, after I, I no longer have the title of a pastor. Some of you still call me that, and, and I appreciate that. But I'm not a pastor. Uh, you know, I'm going I'm to be a pastor of a lot of guys and a lot of uh, folks who are, you know, in full-time ministry. But I tell you, long before and long after I've been a pastor, I'm still a follower of Jesus. I still love his word. I'm still looking forward to what the Bible tells us here in, Romans, in Revelation chapter number 1, that Jesus is coming again. Amen? One day I'm going to fly away. Woohoo! You know, I love that old song we sang today. Thank you, choir. Thank you. Let's give the choir music people a big hand. Thank you. <laughs> Sound like the Bill Gaither hour, didn't it? But anyway, I, I, I like that. I still turn it on and listen to it. But I do, I love all the music that we do. And honestly, this is the first time that I preached in a suit and tie in a long time. The last five churches that I preached in, I preached in jeans and a long shirt. You know why? Because they wouldn't take this at their church. It's, uh, times are changing. But I, you know, I, I wore this because I know you're expecting me to do it. But hey, times are changing, amen? But the book doesn't change. We're still preaching the book. Your pastor preaches the book, amen? He may wear blue jeans, but he's still, they're glorified, prayed over blue jeans, amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Revelation chapter 1. Jesus, Jesus is coming again. But I want you to notice what Jesus is talking about here in Revelation chapter number 1. And the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him, to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John. John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ and to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written in it. For the time is near. You believe the time's getting near? Boy, I tell you. Amazing, isn't it, what we see happening? Verse 4, John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace to you and peace from, whom, from him who, is, who was and who is and is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, 
the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so. Amen. He said in verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. You see, that's, that's the Jesus of Nazareth. That's the Jesus who was born of Mary. He is the Almighty. He is the coming King. He is the one who bore our sin on the cross of Calvary. He is the one who loves us. He is our shepherd. He is the shepherd in Psalms 22 and 23 and the coming King in Psalms 24. He's that one we look to. He's that one that walks with us every day. Aren't you glad he walks with us? We just, we just cannot go it alone. We just cannot be a lone ranger for Jesus. We want Jesus walking with us. We want Jesus accompanying us in all of the travels that we make. Well, as Jesus revealed himself to John, he said, I want you to write these things. Verse 20 says, The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. And so he said, I want you to write these things down. And he said, I have a message for every church. He begins in chapter 2 to the angel of the church of Ephesus. He said, you write these things down. You see, today the message is entitled, The Church is Measured. And it's Jesus Christ who does the measuring today. You know, the Lord measures every church. He's still measuring the church, and he warns these churches. He says to them one by one, I, I know your works. I know what's going on in your, in your ministry. I know what's going on in the lives of every one of your church members. When, when Jesus looks at Hallmark Baptist Church, I'm telling you, he looks at it as, as a whole, but he looks at the members. The church are the members. And he looks at every one of our lives. He knows what's going on in our life. He measures us. Why, why does he measure us? You see, the Lord... The Lord has the, the desire to survey and to examine and to reveal to the church their condition. And so he measures all of us. Man, you, you remember when you were, kids were growing up and you, you, you put that yardstick or you, you put those marks on the, uh, on the wall or maybe you did it on the door facing in the hallway or in their bedroom. And then they, how proudly they'd walk up. And they said, hey, mark where I'm at today. You remember when you, you put the mark up there, and then you watch those marks as they go up and up and up, as you watch your kids grow up. It's an amazing journey. Well, the Lord is doing that for us. He's measuring our spiritual growth. He's measuring our progress. He's measuring our spiritual lives, how we're handling the tests and the trials how we're handling in every stage of life. That, that measuring goes on in all of our lives. When, when we say we retire, it doesn't, God doesn't retire from measuring us. We're still lit to live the Christian life. 
Someone said, well, how do you like your husband being retired, Diane? She said, I haven't noticed that he's retired. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to stay inactive when there's so much more to do. And there is. There is much more to do. But the Lord is going to measure us. If you were to turn to Revelation chapter 11, you'll notice that he uses the word here in, the, in chapter 11. This is in the middle of the tribulation period. The tribulation temple has been built. And they, the Israel has been in their land in peace. The Antichrist has, has given them a peace treaty. And they are, they are there in the land here in chapter 11. And they've been sacrificing the animals again in the tribulation temple. And it says in verse 1, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, Rise and measure the temple of God, the altar, and those who worship there. Even in the tribulation, the Lord's still measuring. He's measuring these churches. He measures the temple in the midst of the tribulation period. You see, God has a plan. He's working that wonderful plan. Well, as he measures us, the Bible wants us to, and we recognize, that we're to bring honor and glory to the Lord. That in our life, that in the church, the Bible says in Ephesians, that we, he can do immeasurably above all that we ask or think. Why? To bring honor and glory to the Lord. When we take the step of faith, we're having faith in Jesus. When we take the step of faith, we're honoring what the Lord has said in our life. We're honoring his word, and we're stepping out in faith to do what he has called us to do, to do what he wants us to do in our, in our Christian lives so that we may reflect positively on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it, it helps us understand the analogies that he uses in the Bible regarding the church to understand how he measures us. The first thing when we think about the church of Jesus Christ, the bride, if you, if you look in your outline and your bulletin, it says the church is the, first of all, bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Here is spoken of in Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 23, as well as in Revelation chapter 9, 19, excuse me, in verse number 7 through 9. The church is spoken of as the bride of Christ. For you see, it's a love relationship. Marriage is, uh, is used as a comparison to the church in Jesus Christ. For he is the groom and the church is the bride of Christ. That is a wonderful love relationship. It's a commitment that is made. Now, nearly 42... 48 years ago, I said to Diane, I do, you know, I take you to be my beloved wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. Yeah, amen. We don't believe in divorce. Murder, maybe, I don't know, but... I think she wanted to kill me a time or two. <laughs> but oh, I'm telling you, it's, it's, it is that love relationship. And that's what it is with the church. There were husbands that says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Wife, respect and follow the leadership of your husband. And, and, and we, as we respect and surrender to the leadership of Jesus, it's a love relationship in marriage. It's a love relationship in our relationship, the church and the body, of, uh, the, as, as the wonderful bride of Jesus Christ. 
So he's the head of the church. We belong to him. He belongs to us. And so we bring honor and glory to Jesus. It's a love relationship. Number two, the church is not only called the bride of Christ, it's called the body of Christ. We were to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which we'll not do, but in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about we are members of the body of Christ. Chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians verse 12 says we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. That we are all made to drink of that wonderful spirit. And that we are members of his body. But we are all members in particular. You see, we're not all the I. Can you imagine how ugly it would be if we just were one big I? Or can you imagine if we were all the nose, how ugly it would be if we had one huge nose? I don't want to think about it. But you see, we're members. We're not all the eye. We're not all the ear. We're not all the nose. We're not all fingers. We're not all toes. But we're all members. We have different functions. And so the body, as we have... Our members are different, and yet they, they all come together in unity so that we can, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can talk, and we can walk, and we can, some of us can run, and some of us can run fast. And so we, we're moving as a body in unity, and that's, that's what the church is. God brings to the church those on purpose that God will use as a part of the body. We all have a different function. We all have a different way in which God will use us. And so we're not all the eye, we're not all the hand, but we all work together in unity. And so he looks at the church to measure us as the body of Christ. Then the third way, analogy, the church is the birth room. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, I want you to turn to this verse. It's a, I think it's a, it's a wonderful, a powerful verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And the Bible tells us here in verse 24, But if all prophesy and an unbeliever, an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all, and he is convicted by all. It's talking about prophesying, that is, preaching forth the word of truth. When you come to the house of God, this whole chapter is about uh, how, to, uh, how to use our, our, our tongue, our language, how to use uh, this gift that God has given us, that we may understand a little bit. We're going to hear a little bit in Spanish, but there's going to be an interpreter in Spanish. They'll interpret Spanish. And so the language is spoken of here, and, and it's speaking here that it's better for us to tell the truth and to give the prophecy so uninformed can understand not to speak in an unintelligible word that no one will understand. That doesn't function. It doesn't, doesn't profit the church. But he says, but if we preach the word of God, verse 25, and thus the secrets of the heart are revealed. God's word is piercing. When we teach the word of God and unfold the understanding of God's word, it reveals the intents of the heart. It speaks to the heart of our own life and speaks to our motives and speaks to our needs of our heart. And so when we are giving the Word of God, it reveals our heart, and falling down on His face, He will worship God and report that God is truly among you. When strangers come in and they are visiting, they want to know, are we here to worship do they sense that we are singing and worshiping and praying? 
and loving the message of God? You see, the Bible says that when we come to the house of God and we worship, and they sense the heart of worship, and they sense the spirit of unity and the spirit of Jesus, and people are in love with Lord Jesus Christ, and they love one another, it is amazing that they are touched. There's something happening here. I don't know how many times we've come in and, and someone will say has, on visitation, boy, I walked in and I could sense it. The Lord was here. I said, well, praise the Lord. We want the Lord to be here, you know? We, we, we want the Lord to, to sense the presence of the Lord, that God is with us and that God is speaking to us and God is, God is working in our lives and He knows where we are. He knows what we need. He knows what we're struggling with. So He measures us. Well, in light of these things, how does the Lord measure His church? Well, first of all, the birth room is speaking about those who hear the Word of God and know that God is in this place, and they hear the Word of God, and they're convicted in their hearts. So there's the Word of knowledge, the, the knowledge of our condition, the knowledge of our need of a Savior. And so the birth room, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians that we're born again of incorruptible seed. By the word of God that lives forever. The birth room of Jesus is speaking about people who come to faith in Jesus Christ. They come and hear the word sung. They hear the word spoken. And they see the, the word of God living out in the lives of people who have been born again of the spirit of God. And they say, you know, they got something I don't have. You know, I've been in religion, but these people, there's something different about them. They really, they, they, this is not just something they do on Sunday. It's something that's a part of them. It's part of their life. It's not just a position they hold as a member, but it's, it's a place in the heart of God. There's something different about them. And so the birth room has to do with the message. Nicodemus heard the message, didn't he, in John 3? He said, Jesus said, I know you're a wonderful religious man and you're, you're a great leader, but except you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. The church is the birth room. Many of you have been born again as you've come to the house of the Lord. You've heard the message. Someone talked to you. Someone witnessed to you in the home or in the hospital. Many times people are led to Christ in there, but all of a sudden, I'm going to tell you, when they come forward, when they make that public dis display of their faith and they follow the Lord and believers' baptism, it's a, it's a wonderful confirmation in their heart. I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. Have, didn't you experience that when you got baptized? It's like, wow. He honors it. Not, not that salvation is on baptism, but when you're baptized, you're saying, I'm serious about this, Lord. I'm not ashamed of you. You confess me before men. I'll confess you before my Father. And boy, we sense that when we get saved. We're born of the Spirit of God, and we make public our testimony that we're a follower of Jesus. I remember that day. When I went forward and I made public, Jesus saved me. I, I didn't really understand it all. But I knew what I needed to do, and then I got baptized. Wow. You see, now the Lord looks at these three analogies. He looks at the, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ, and the church is the birth room. And He measures the church. Number one, when we think about the bride of Christ, he measures us by our love. 
And so he looks at us as a church. How much do we love the Lord? How much does Hallmark Baptist Church really love Jesus? He measures that. He measures every member, and he says, as he looks at our lives, do you love me? Remember Peter when he fell down and he was so discouraged and he denied the Lord three times? Did the Lord give up on him? Aren't you glad God doesn't give up on us? Hallelujah. He comes to us. And what did he say to Peter? He fixed him a meal. They caught a, a, a bunch of fish, and they caught, then they caught the, the breakfast, and Jesus is there ministering to them. And he, and he said, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me more than the, these fish that you're... The, you, you love me more than coffee and donuts, you know? Do you love me more than the peachy you get up there to church? Do you love me more than the business that I blessed you with, the fishing business? Do you love me more than these? You see, Peter says, Lord, he's so convicted in his heart. Three times he affirmed, Lord, I love you. You see, he's measuring your heart, my heart. How much do I love him? Jesus was willing to give it all, wasn't he? He laid his life down for us. He gave up heaven's glory. He stretched himself out on that cross and said, I'm willing to lay my life down. That's, that's, that's the measure of his love. Boy, I'm thinking about, wow, what's the measure of my love? What's the measure of my love? See, he, he's measuring it. Then number two, the measure. When we think about the body of Christ, the measure, not only do we love Jesus, the bride relationship, But Jesus measures our love by one another. He said, we're the body, we're members. He said in John chapter 15, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. He said, all men will know if you're a, a follower of Jesus by how you love the brothers. Wow. Jesus is a lot harder to love than some of my brothers. Would you agree with that? Nobody wants to say amen. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to love Baptist. Now can I get an amen? Some of us aren't very lovable. But Jesus said, I'm going to measure not only your love for me, but I'm going to measure your love for one another. We're in the body. Do you pray for one another? Do you forgive one another? Do you truly love one another? Jesus said, hey, all my wrinkles, all my faults, all my failings, all my stumblings, Jesus said, my Kaylee, I still love you. Wow. That ought to humble all of us. You know, he loves you. He loves me. Well, the third thing is he measures our love by our love for the Word of God. We are measured by the love for the message of truth. We're born again of the incorruptible seed. This is the living Word of God that lives and abides forever. It springs up into our life to eternal life. We hear the Word. 
We, we receive it mentally. We then embrace it with our heart and we, by faith, say, yes, I need you, Lord, and I want, I want to follow you. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you truly love me, take the word. You, you receive the gospel. There's been such a wonderful uh, challenge as John preached on Jonah and taking the risk. And then, then uh, the series on prayer and, and encouraging us to really pray. Then the emphasis on taking the gospel. And I see the encouragement by Tyler and, and going out door to door. You see, the gospel came to us. But where has it gone since it came to us? Did it stop? You see, if you love the message, you know, if you, if you fall in love with the Lord, you've got to do something with it. I, I can remember after I dated Diane that first year, and I came to Lubbock, and she was living with her sister, and she was working there that summer. And I tell you, uh, abs absence makes the heart grow fonder. I understood what that was all about. I had seen her every day for that year, and I loved her, and I loved her more as we went to school that first year. And by the time summer came, I was over here, and she was over there, and I did not like that. And my heart ached to talk to her. I wanted to see her. I wanted to tell her what was going on in my life, and I wanted to see her. And you know why I did something way out of character for me? I told my boss I had to take a day off. I'm not coming to work. He said, well, it'll be off without pay. I said, it's okay. And then I went to my dad, and I said, Dad, you got to go with me to the jeweler store. I said, Dad, I found a ring i got to buy for my girl. I want to ask her to marry me. And it was way out of character for my dad to go to the jeweler store with me because I needed Dad's signature because I didn't have the money, but I was going to borrow the money, and that was way out of character for me, too. I didn't want to borrow the money. But I went there, and I talked my dad into co-signing on an engagement ring. Now, that was, I didn't know how big a miracle, but that was a great miracle of God <laughs> for my dad to do that. And he said, son, just make sure you make the payments, because I'm not making the payments. I said, yes, sir. But way out of character for me, I borrowed the money and I bought that ring. And I got on an airplane and I flew to Dallas. She was living in Garland with her sister working in the summer because she couldn't find a job at her hometown. I flew there and I'm telling you, I had that ring in my pocket. Boy, I'm telling you, I was so excited to talk to her, take her to dinner. And afterwards, we went out to a park and it was getting dark. And I was telling her how much I loved her and I missed her. Oh, man, I was, I was laying it on, boy, I'm telling you. And I, I'm sure glad Piper was sick today. She, she's not here. She'd be crawling underneath the pew if she was here. I'm telling all that. Boy, I, that was so out of character for me to tell her all of that and to borrow money and to take her a ring. But boy, I asked her to marry me. And I opened that box up and showed it to her. That's before all this Facebook and everybody doing it in front of the cameras and hidden photographers and all that stuff that goes on with that. I mean, it's just me and her in the park late at night because I, I wanted to give her a big old hug and kiss. Anyway, I, she took the ring 
Praise God. She said, yes. Woohoo, man, I was so happy. Woohoo. You see, I was way out of character for me. I'm going to tell you, love, love motivates you. It motivates you to do things. It causes you to endure difficulties. You know, you go through trials. For Jesus Christ measures us. He tests us. He tries us. He allows difficulty to come into our life. Then he allows challenges to come. Wow. And he causes you to step out of your comfort zone. But I'm going to tell you, you never grow without the trials, without the test, without the pain, without the challenges that are before us. And when he challenges us, if we say, Lord, I need you, I want to take this step of faith. Wow. I'm so thankful. I took that step and I flew, borrowed the money and got a ring. Yeah, I'm so thankful. You see, when we take those steps, to prove our love to Jesus. He honors that. Oh, how he honors it. So today, I want us to bow our heads for just a moment. He measures our lives, our love for Christ, our love for one another, our love for God's Word. Would you just let him measure you today? Would you just open up your heart and say, I, Lord, I, I need you to tell me about my heart. Do I really love you? Am I really following you? Am I refusing to take the step of faith that you want me to take? I'm going to tell you, God knows what you're going through. Father, I pray that you'll bless us today. We are the church of Jesus. We are the body of Christ. Members. We belong to you, Lord. We are the bride of Jesus. Lord, we've been born. We've been through the birth room. We've been born of the Spirit of God. We've heard the Word of God and the voice of God, the Spirit of God, the quickness to change our life, to turn us in a different direction. But Lord, we, some of your people really need you today. They're going through those trials and tests. They're going through those times when you're urging them to take the step of faith. They need you. Lord, I need you today. Lord, I just thank you for the journey we've been on the last year. You're not finished with us. You're still using us. You're still motivating us. You're still measuring me, Lord. I thank you. Lord, I want to keep growing in faith. I want to keep loving you and trusting you. Keep measuring and testing, giving me grace. Oh, God, thank you. You just keep coming to us. You bless us abundantly. You set the table full and feed us. You're so gracious. 
Thank you, Lord, for the journey of faith. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Let's just stand. We're going to sing one verse. If God's speaking to you, we invite you to come. If you need a Savior, you can find out how to get Jesus as your Savior. If you need to be baptized, you need to join this church. Come on. While we sing, if you just need to come and pray.